Shut up and sit down. I'm Dr. Corbin Weaver, an OB-GYN resident. I'm Dr. Katie Wyatt, and I'm one too. And I'm Dave Etler, their podfather. And, and we, we are, are the Vagabonds. Three friends venturing through the world of feminism and healthcare for women, babies, and people of all kinds. We don't give medical advice, and we don't speak for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having in bars anyway. Woo! This week, we're going to talk about emergency contraception. Sweet. Wow. The best. How are y'all? I'm, I'm good. fine. Yeah, all is well. Happy. Yeah. Uh, Just got back yeah. from Nylons. Yeah, I saw uh, that. New Orleans. I saw your it's nice, your nice pictures of Bourbon Street and such. Yeah, yeah. I was very I was, jealous. I was jealous. Brought me back to uh, uh, 1992. It was a good time. And you know what? I wasn't even, you know, partaking in many spirits. It was just a good time. Yeah. You don't have to be drunk to have fun in New Orleans. Really? Yeah, it's cool. Lots of good food in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Lots of good seafood. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. I just happened to, I went for a conference and it just happened to also be Mardi Gras. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. So it was a good time. Yeah, that's cool. I know I saw you went to a parade or something, right? Yeah, I went to a couple parades. They were cool. They weren't what I expected, but it was cool. Did you Did you uh, throw any beads? I caught some beads. You know what I mean? Ooh. <laughs> Corbin's squashing everybody. I don't think that's the thing. Is that a real thing? I never saw that happen. I don't I don't know. I don't think it is. I've never been to Mardi thing. Gras. So. I, we didn't spend a whole lot of time on Bourbon Street. We like walked down it for a while and then yeah. we left. And that was my memory yeah. of, of, of New Orleans is, is uh, you know, do Bourbon Street for a night and then go off elsewhere. Um, there's a lot for of the rest other cool of your places. Time. Yeah, there's so Orleans. many much um, more interesting places. So yeah, yeah. And I saw some friends from med school. A friend from med school. You want to yeah. give him a shout out? I forgot. Churko. Uh-huh. I also saw Petra. Yeah. Um, oh, nice. So yeah. Yeah. So I follow you and Petra on Instagram, and I like forgot that you were going to the conference. I thought you were just in New Orleans for like vacation or something. Yeah. And I, because I saw that you were like posting stuff and I was like, oh, cool. Corbin's on vacation. Then I saw Petra start posting stuff too. And you guys had like, you were at some of the same restaurants. And I was like, wait. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This happened to always be eating the same things. Yeah. And And then it was really funny because my program director was also at this conference. But um, I like forgot that she was gone until like later in the week. <laughs> and then once someone was like, oh yeah, she's at Afco Korea, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's where everyone is right now. <laughs> and then I Small World, dumb. my mentor and Katie's program director went to an Orange Theory class together. Yeah. Having not known world. each other at all beforehand. Oh, what's an Orange Theory class? Some like a it's, workout thing, I don't know. Oh, all right. It's, it's like, like a work CrossFit. Yeah, but it's like a chain. I, oh, I see. Like a chain uh, 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 yeah. fitness So like joint. if you have like an Orange Theory, I don't know, membership or whatever, you can go to them at other places, I think. And Yeah. It's like classes. They're group classes. It's not mm-hmm. like a g- traditional gym, I don't think. No. Well, now that we've advertised for uh, for Orange. Oh, yeah. Give us they a better pay up. Give us a call. We're, us. Give us a call, Orange. Um, imagine if that was how it worked. If if you could like just buzz market people and then they would have to pay you. That'd be amazing. That'd be I would <laughs> get paid so much by Chaco shoes because I'm obsessed with them. Uh, I think I this don't is... know what I would get paid 
Or let me think. Diet, Diet Coke. Coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would also get paid from Dr. Pepper. Although I don't really tell other people to buy Dr. Pepper, but I do tell every other person I know to buy Chacos. Mm. So mine would be Java House, but you know. Mm. Ah, yes. Which isn't in the hospital anymore, right? Well, it's, it's still in the College of Medicine, so I get, I get, oh, my, get my, my fix that's so fancy. every single day. I uh, miss Java House. Got the first yawn of the program. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we talking about today? Emergency contraception. I can't believe it's taken us this long to talk about this. I was surprised too. In fact, I kind of went back through our shows <laughs> to make sure we hadn't talked about it. Have we talked about it already? I we've mean, we've like basically kind of said a million just, times yeah. that we were going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, and now we're actually going to talk about it. Yeah. Fulfilling promises. Um, so I just finished my family planning rotation, uh, which was by far my favorite rotation so far in med school. I mean, not med school. That's not where <laughs> I am anymore. Residency. <laughs> um, but uh, we do like, we have a lot of reading for that rotation. And so like emergency contraception was one of the thing that we like, we had like the primary research articles, you know, about like the efficacy and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's been good. I feel, I feel like I'm very well acquainted with it now. And I've been prescribing it a lot, too, because I've been in teen and adolescent clinic. Mm. And so that's like a really um, important place to talk about it with your patients. Cool. So, OK, so emergency contraception. Dave, what do you know about it? Well, I know that it's often confused, perhaps politically, with mm -hmm. abortion, mm -hmm. and it's not that, because it prevents conception. Correct. It, it does not uh, uh, abort a pregnancy that's already conceived. Yeah. And I know there's a few different kinds. Uh, uh, I know that they vary in their effectiveness, like yeah. most things, and I know that Paragard is the yeah. most effective. And the Whoa, reason I you know, know so much. Well, the reason I know that is because you made the mistake of telling me what the show was going to be about today, and I actually looked it up. <gasps> Dave, you're <laughs> cheating, but also so good. Yeah, so that's true. So it is not abortive, which I feel like is the most, imp the single most important fact to remember from this podcast. And it's like the thing that mm -hmm. When we talk to patients, our attendings tell us that's like the, that's the most important thing that you tell your patient six times so that they remember, because that's like most of the misinformation about emergency contraception, I feel like. So yeah. like Dave said, emergency contraception is it prevents a pregnancy from happening. And so actually um, two of the methods prevent ovulation and one of the methods prevents sperm from getting to the egg. So it, it prevents fertilization because um, conception is a term that's not very well defined um, because some people, you know, say conception is fertilization. Some people say conception is um, implantation, all kinds of things. So we're specifically talking about preventing fertilization um, and no forms of emergency contraception uh interfere with a pregnancy that is already fertilized. Why is it emergency contraception? So it's emergency contraception because it is taken, unlike regular contraception, which, you know, is like taken every day or is, you know, in the case of like IUD is like put in once and it's used every day because um, obviously it's there every day. Um, and same with like Depo, like it's obviously there every day that it's working. Um, emergency contraception is used after unprotected intercourse 
um, or inadequately protected intercourse, um, which I think is really interesting. So if inadequately protected means like the condom broke, so like you were, you know, trying to use protection, but it it broke. And so now you're like, what do you do? Or um, it could also mean like you're using the pill, but you maybe threw up that day, like you had like nausea and vomiting and you threw up your pill and you're not sure if it, you know, absorbed. and other things like that. So you can see how there's like a lot of reasons why you'd want to take it. Yeah. So there's a couple different kinds. So, and they each kind of have different efficacy, like lengths of efficacy. Um, so we'll talk about them. So the first kind is called um, levonorgestrel, which is the uh, trade name is Plan B. So this is like the most common one, I think, probably that people have heard of. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Do you think so, Corbs? Like, would you say that's true? Yeah, there? absolutely. I think probably if you ask someone what yeah. is emergency contraception, they'd say Plan B. Yeah. Um, so Plan B, like I said, is levonorgestrel, which is a progestin. It is the progestin that is in the IUD, in the Mirena and the Liletta IUDs. Um, so it is literally just a progestin. It has no estrogens in it. It's a hormone. You know, it's a synthetic hormone of a kind of hormone that your body makes and the way it works is you take this progestin and it um tells your so when you get progestin it gives a negative feedback to your hypothalamus um, which tells your hypothalamus to stop producing luteinizing hormone um because luteinizing hormone is the thing that makes you ovulate um and so it prevents the the ovulation, um, the LH surge that that causes ovulation. So it actually doesn't usually prevent it for the entire cycle, but it usually delays it by uh, a few days. Um, so something that's really interesting about emergency contraception is that you use it and then you still should... Um, it's not like you can just have unprotected sex afterwards. Like you use it and then the goal is would be to like start a new form of contraception or abstain or like use condoms or something like that afterwards because you can still ovulate that cycle. It just puts pushes it back a few days. Uh-huh. Um, so that's why it's important to like have good counseling on it because you can't just like take it and then just like go back to like having sex. That's not how it works. Um, and okay, so then back to plan B. So plan B, you can take up to three days after the, um, after you have unprotected sex. So it's actually up to 72 hours is the, um, the like time it's approved for. Um, but importantly about plan B, its efficacy starts to go down, um, with like the number of hours it's been, um, so the efficacy for Plan B is sixty to ninety four percent. So that's that's pretty good, actually. If, you know, if you think about it. Um, so that's how effective it is at preventing a pregnancy if you use it. Hmm. Okay. So the next is Ella, which is called Eulopristal Acetate, uh, but Ella is the trade name. This is the one that I think people freak out about more, I would say. Like, I, I would that say this is the one more? that gets, that, like, they freak out about. Mm. Like, I would say this is the one that gets confused with the abortion pill, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a selective progesterone receptor modulator, um, which means that it kind of, like, is an anti-progesterone, if you want to think of it that way. 
Um, but basically it does the same. Well, it does a similar thing. So on your ovaries, when you're getting to ovulate, there's a bunch of follicles that start to form. And we've talked about this before. It's called recruiting the dominant follicle. Um, and then eventually you have one follicle that's the biggest, um, that's the dominant follicle. And then that is the follicle that when you have the LH surge, the luteinizing hormone, um, that's the one that pops and you ovulate. Hmm. Um, but what the Yolopristal acetate does is it thickens that follicular membrane so it keeps the follicle from rupturing and it keeps you from ovulating uh-huh. um so that's how that one works so obviously like as you can see it doesn't prevent you know pregnancy so i think the reason people get confused is because progesterone is needed to sustain a pregnancy like it's one of the things that your ovary does after you have a pregnancy implant but this progesterone receptor modulator doesn't have any like it doesn't stop that from happening so like if you take it even if you're already pregnant it doesn't interfere yeah um and this one you can take up to five days after so it's actually up to 120 hours everything is like measured in hours yeah and it is 98.1% effective and it maintains its efficacy much later. Much longer. Also, um, Ella, which is the, the one we're talking about now, is um, effective for women with higher BMIs than uh, Yeah, oh yeah. B. That's a good um, point. So when they did the studies for Plan B, they only, they excluded women with a BMI greater than is it 26 corbs it's like something ridiculously low yeah it's low it's yeah 26 is yeah like i think like my bmi is probably over 26 like it's like that's like really low so um anyway um so yeah so we basically don't know like how effective it is for anybody except for you know people whose bmi is under 26 uh, which is a lot you know that's a lot of your patients so um that's the other thing. Yeah, and Ella's effect, like they included many more people in their studies. So it's really important. I think Ella is up to 30 or 35, maybe? Question yeah. mark. Yeah, I, I think 35 sounds right. I don't, re- I don't remember off the top of my head, though. But it's way, I mean, it obviously includes way more people, higher, which is super yeah. important. Yeah. Now there's um like recommendation. There's also recommendations for its use in like abnormal uterine bleeding. But yeah, that's not. The subject of this conversation yeah um there's something else i was gonna say oh yeah um plan b uh maybe we'll talk about that again but i'll just touch on it now plan b you can get over the counter without a prescription and it doesn't matter how old you are you can be any age and the only thing is it's behind the counter so you have to like ask them for it you know like you have to like go up to the counter and ask them for it but other than that you can get it without a prescription and you can get it at any time and you don't have to be a certain age and blah blah blah. um the ella you have to have a prescription for that the one tablet system which is plan b is available over the counter without age restriction the two tablet system is available over the counter to those 17 years and older with photo ID, but the two tablet system we pretty much have gone away from. Uh. And we like don't really use that anymore. Um, cause it's equally as efficacious and it's just like more play. So actually, <laughs> this is like kind of funny. There's a movie that's based on, um, the two tablet regimen where this guy sleeps with this girl and then he like, he like has to like spend the day with her to make sure she takes her second dose of the mm. plan, like the two day one, which is kind of super creepy. Um, <laughs> yeah, sounds like, but it's like the version. version. It yeah. is. 
It's the whole plot of a movie, though. <laughs> but anyway. Um, okay, and then, yeah, so the, then Ella re- requires a prescription. But, um, I mean, important to note for, like, anyone who can prescribe these is you can write a prescription and the patient can just keep it in their purse and they can go fill it at any time. Mm. Um, which is what we do. Like, I mean, that's what I do for patients. Um, okay, then next... Um, you can use combined progesterone estrogen pills. So this is like the birth control pill. Um, and there is basically a bunch of different, uh, there's a bunch of different doses that you can take. And it just depends on which um, which pill you use. So like, okay, let's say you're taking seasonal. You would take four pink pills and four white pills. So you take four pink pills and then you take four white pills 12 hours later. And that's how it works. Um, and then... It like tells you how much because basically you're just like giving your body like a super burst of progesterone um, to prevent ovulation. The same as the other ones. Um, But yeah. Okay. So and then that obviously is prescription, but it's probably a prescription. Like if you're taking it, you probably already have the prescription or like you can go to your physician. They can write you a prescription and then tell you how to take it, Um, like how to take it for emergency contraception so that it's effective. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Words are hard. Effect. Effect. The bet the kind of downside of that doing it like that is the estrogen side effects. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was gonna kinda talk about those side effects at the end, but yeah, that's um, definitely by far that's I mean that's the only one with estrogen in it. And so yeah. by far that one has the worst side effects. Um but yeah, okay. So then the last one is the copper IUD, aka the Paraguard. So this one it has to be inserted in the office, obviously, because... Um, I mean, I guess if you could insert it yourself, you could, but um, I kind of want to try that sometime, but that's just really strange. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, like there's like videos of anesthesiologists hey, who like intubate themselves awake. Uh-huh. Like that's mm-hmm. weird. But mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> Not imagine. <laughs> that's disgusting. Uh, I know. It is. Haven't you guys ever seen videos? No, like that? but now I'm going to go look at um, them. We watched them in when I was on my anesthesia rotation. <laughs> I will not go in search of those. Thank you for um, providing me with a post-recording activity for the evening. Appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so okay, so the way this one works is it um, interferes with sperm getting to the egg. So this like kind of is based on the fact that like sperm can live in the reproductive tract for like a few days. So like if you haven't ovulated yet, then it can prevent your little spermies from getting to your egg. Um, so that's kind of how that one works. Um, yeah, but yeah, it has to be inserted in the office by a provider. So that's a pretty big limitation to it, but it can be inserted up to 120 hours afterwards and still be effective. It is the most effective. It's 99.9% effective. That's like, I feel like that's um, science speak for like almost a hundred. This is, this like, is what, literally, this is what you should do. Yeah. If you can. Um, well, and the other really good thing, the reason why we like suggest this all the time is because then you also have contraception. Yeah. Like, so you get it put in you are protected but also you are protected for the next 12 years yeah you don't have to do that you also don't have to do that post contracept or post emergency contraception contraception thing that you right. talked about earlier exactly yeah so there was something i read in another paper not in the practice bulletin that was basically like um oh yeah because it talks about like how long you have to wait till restarting other forms of birth control after this and it's like you can get it re- the paraguard removed after like five days i think and i was like why would you want to do that? <laughs> Why would you get it inserted just to have it removed five days later? Yeah. 
But I guess if he like really hated it, then maybe. But um, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I could see how a lot of people wouldn't want to have a pear garden all the time. But also, yeah, it would suck to get it put in just to have it taken yeah. out right away. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then the next thing to talk about: any questions about like how any of them work or anything like that? Do you feel like that was pretty? No, I I, succinct, I get it. Like effective. Um. Okay. It's kind of well. I was gonna say too. Like we talked about how these aren't like abort. They aren't abortive fashion because you know they don't you know like evacuate a pregnancy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause the evacuation of a pregnancy. However, there yeah. are. I mean, there are certain people that you know believe in like fertilization as like the beginning of life or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not based in like scientific re- you know understanding. Right. Because tons of eggs can get fertilized that just pass right through and Mm -hmm. never end up, you know, leading to a viable pregnancy or whatever. But even in those cases, the Ella and the Plan B and, you know, the oral, like the combined contraceptives are, you know, they're preventing ovulation. So. Right. Yeah. I would say the only one that would interfere with like a. Well, okay. So, Corbin, correct me if this is wrong, but I think the Paragard can prevent implantation too, right? Yeah, its main like method part of, of action is the spermicide. Right. So, but like hypothetically, but could. hypothetically, yes. Yeah, people but. who might um might object to that could still, you know, theoretically use a emergency contraceptive option. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that I would probably if a if I had a patient that told me that that they like thought that life began at fertilization i would probably just advise them against the paragard essentially just because you don't know there's like not a hundred percent way to know but otherwise but i mean ella plan b and the pill i those are totally like reasonable for someone who believes Mm -hmm. that so yeah um okay cool so now we'll talk about side effects so uh oh the other thing i was gonna talk about when dave was talking about how 99.9 percent means you basically should do this um (laughs) the studies that they did um in one of the studies there was zero pregnancies after insertion of the paragard so i mean that's like yeah obviously amazing and then the other one there was one pregnancy out of um a thousand and thirteen (laughs) women yeah that's why i'm like they can never say 100%, right? right. So well, they're gonna and go the nice thing about the Paragard, too, is it works for all BMIs. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's great. Um, okay, so side effects. So um, this is, I think it's really good. So literally the first thing the practice bulletin says about um, side effects is no deaths or serious complications have been causally linked to emergency contraceptive pills. So that's like super important. So basically, I'll get into this a little bit later, but there is literally no contraindication to one of these pills um uh that's pretty there's this thing yeah there's this thing called the medical eligibility eligibility criteria which is put out by the who and the cdc well it's put out by the who and then the cdc essentially like follows it um but there's an app for it if you go on the cdc website you can find it if you go on the who website you can find it but it basically tells us like if your patient has x disease um, or like X syndrome or has these symptoms, then you should or use this kind of birth control, but you can't use this birth control or this one has too many risks or this one has enough risks that you need like need to counsel your patient on them specifically and blah, blah, blah. So the emergency contraception has no contraindications from the medical eligibility criteria. Um, 
And so like if you think about people, so like a lot of the contraindications are things that would cause like stroke and blood clot. And like if someone had like breast cancer um, or things like that, but the dose is so it's so such a short time that all of those things are um, it's okay to give it, Mm. which is great because that means that people like everyone has access to it. Yeah. Um, People can feel good about taking it if they need to. They don't have to worry about that. Right. Yeah. Um, So other adverse effects are nausea and headache. So these are just from the the progesterone. um, And like Corbin said, those would also be from the estrogen too. Like if you took your pill, if you like took a bunch of pills, you probably would have a lot of nausea um, because estrogen makes you nauseous. Um, And then irregular bleeding so obviously if you're delaying ovulation then you're delaying formation of corpus luteum which is the thing that um when it dies that's why you have a period so if you're delaying that then your period's going to be delayed a little bit Um, but you can also have some like um some breakthrough bleeding um in between too and then some patients have um reported like breast tenderness abdominal pain dizziness and fatigue which those are all side effects of progesterone too Um, And then the copper IUD has its own side effects. So there's a risk of perforation when you insert it um, and then cramping uh, increased duration of menstrual flow. So it makes your periods heavier and then it can also increase your cramping during your period, which that's just the side effect of the copper IUD in general. Do they, Um, do those side effects tend to fade with, with time or, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So then effects on pregnancy, we already talked about, but essentially there is none. Um, so this is important actually, cause I feel like this is kind of a, um, misinformation that's out there, but they've done studies on women who are pregnant, who are still taking the birth control pill and there is no teratogenic effects. There's no adverse effects at all. So, um, that's good. And okay. So barriers, we kind of already talked to I'm just kind of going through the practice bulletin because I think it brings up like really good discussion points. But the barriers, this is like probably my, the like most, I think is the most important thing about emergency contraception um, is that like a lot of people have barriers to getting it that should be able to get it. Um, But basically um, anyone can have emergency contraception. It's like um, one of the questions it asks is who are candidates. So it's literally anyone who's had a, um, unprotected or inadequately protected intercourse and does not desire pregnancy. So literally anyone who doesn't want to be pregnant who's had an event can have it. Um, so one of the barriers is that people just don't know about it. So um, there's been multiple studies that having ac- that show that having access to emergency contraception does not encourage more risky sexual behaviors. Um, so like women that have access to it don't like have higher rates of STIs or have like increased rates of uh, partners or like anything like that. Um, And then the other thing is providers don't are like misinformed. So like, you know, I've heard like providers say like, oh, it's the abortion pill or, you know, stuff like that, which isn't true Um, because like really anyone can prescribe it, right? Like I can prescribe it, a family medicine doctor can prescribe it, an emergency medicine doctor could prescribe it, a pediatrician could prescribe it, you know, like any, any physician who, any physician or PA, nurse practitioner, anyone who can prescribe can prescribe it. Um, So, and then there's also like a thing 
about like pharmacies um, providing it because I don't think Corvs, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think pharmacies have to carry it, right? No, they don't. So that is also an issue. Um, but once they um, made it the law where like you don't have to be a certain age to get it, to get plan B, um, the number of pharmacies that provided it went up drastically. So um, that's good. Would you say that it might be, I mean, so, so because um, some of these are available without a prescription mm-hmm. and you can get a prescription ahead of time for others, it seems like the kind of thing you might want to just have in your back pocket um, yeah. if you're, you know, basically sexually active and concerned about getting pregnant. Yeah, I would say that's totally reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's especially reasonable if you're using like one of the less efficacious forms of birth control Mm -hmm. like pills or like the ring or whatever you know Mm -hmm. if you don't have like an iud or an exponon or um yeah yeah seems pretty reasonable yeah indeed i definitely write prescriptions for patients to have and i mean now with like e-scribing you literally e-scribe it and it's always there yeah you don't have to carry it around it's like not even a piece of paper they have to carry around i think that's the best thing in the world but i mean if they're gonna be traveling or something like that then you can write them a piece of paper exactly yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I definitely do that for patients. Um, the other thing, oh, this is like important that we didn't talk about. The other thing is like, so there's this thing when you're initiating birth control, you have to be like reasonably sure that your patient isn't pregnant. And so one of the things you can do, like, for instance, I had a patient last week who came in, she wanted an IUD, uh, like a marina but she had had sex the day before unprotected. So what I did is I just wrote her... Um, for, I wrote her a script for Ella and had her take it that day and then just had her use like abstinence for the next week. And then so like by the next week, her because of the um, how long it was after her period, like by the next week, like we should have a pregnancy test that is accurate. And so um, so then she can get her IUD put in. There you go. So you can use it for stuff like that. Yeah, too. That's, cool. um, that's another thing I forgot to say. So the like levonorgestrel IUD, like the Marina or the Lyletta, that is um, in the process of being approved for um, this. But um, one of the things that they're actually doing, like one of the systems that they're using is where you put in the IUD, but you also give them a dose of um, Plan B because it's the same hormone. Um, And because like the Plan B is a higher dose, so it kind of gives you like that loading dose um, um, since it takes a little bit longer for it to absorb from the Lyletta or the Marina. But yeah. Well, all right. Should oh, be. you can't take your birth control pills for five days after you take Ella. Ah. But for all the other ones, you can take it the next day. And that's fine. Sounds like counseling is important for, for uh, um, emergency contraception and contraception in general. You gotta, you gotta yep. get all the little rules. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good thing to know about. Yeah. It's a good thing to talk to your patients yeah. about. listener question should we talk about that sure yes all right we have a listener question from 
Corbin. <laughs> Not our Corbin, another Corbin. I'm I'm just gonna assume because I know a Corbin who is female that this is a female Corbin. Is that is that all right with you? Is that okay? Sure. Uh, she says, I am an avid listener to your parentheses excellent podcast. Thank you very much. And we'll be starting medical school at the University of Arkansas in the fall. Congratulations, Corbin. Uh, it's admittedly far too early to decide right now, but I think I might be interested in pursuing obstetrics and gynecology. What would you both recommend doing during medical school to be competitive for the OBGYN match? Is there anything that mm. you've learned about the field that you wish you knew before residency? Um, let's see. She her, she is doing research uh, in, at the moment, focusing on the history of reproductive health and technology, which sounds really interesting. Yeah, that's super yeah. interesting. Thanks for producing this great resource, and I really appreciate your time. All the best, Corbin. Thanks, great Corbin. Name. Just a great it's a pretty name. sweet name. It just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> yeah, she literally wrote Corbin, there parentheses, there are two yes. of us. <laughs> um, Yay. So what do you guys think? Okay, so, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a hard question. It is, because, um, I mean, one of... First of all, your major is really... I mean, or your research is going to be really good for your... Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good uh, interview fodder there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The, yeah. Sorry. This is a hard question because it feels like things are changing a lot right now. Oh. Yeah. I don't it's like know. Like getting more competitive. Feel that too. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say identifying a mentor really early on in the OBG yeah. in your school's OBGYN department and getting on with like a research project mm. is important. Mm -hmm. And like also just having someone who like knows you really well too, because then it's, that's where you're going to get your like strongest letter of recommendation yeah. from someone who like knows you as a person and a student. Um, you know, um, I, I know that research can be an important, um, uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, thing to do. <laughs> I had mm -hmm. a better word. I swear it was right in my mind. Uh, words are hard. A research can be an important thing when applying to residency. And if you can continue your research, um, uh, while you're in medical school, that would probably be a good thing. Or if you can start doing new research in medical school, that would be a good thing. I know, for instance, the school that I work at, um, has a summer research program that you can get involved with before you even begin medical school, before you even matriculate officially. And then you can continue that on in, in, in additional summer. So if research is your bag, um, yeah, seems like a good idea. Do you think? I mean, yeah. well, I mean, you're not going to be like research, I mean, you have to get involved in research at some point in if you in your medical school career, like whether it's your like thing or not. Like, you're not going to be a competitive candidate if you don't have some sort of research thing on your CV. Right, but that's why I, mean, I say you know like to be your whole life. That's why I say if you can continue doing the research that you've been doing and you oh, yeah. love it, it's essentially uh, a good way to get research in without like you know checking a box, which I always right. sort of say totally. is not mm -hmm. a great idea if you're just checking a box. It, it becomes apparent. Yes, that's very true. Um, but I think, I don't know. I just like really firmly believe in mentorship. Mm -hmm. and Me too. Also, um, I mean, finding like volunteer organizations in your area to get involved with and things that you're interested in. Like, for instance, if you're interested in reproductive rights, you know, finding your local Planned Parenthood or abortion clinic and seeing how you can help or... If you're interested in, I don't even know, homeless women finding a shelter or or women who are homeless finding a shelter to help with. Or if you're interested in the self-esteem of women or 
or whatever, you can get involved in Girls on the Run, which is a cool organization. Yeah. Too. So I don't know, finding something that you're interested in and doing it early because it sucks to be like a year out and being like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. What am I going to yeah. do? Yeah. It's true. Um, but OB um, is getting more competitive. So it's mm-hmm. also something to keep on your radar that, you know. Yeah. Did it used to be uncompetitive or was it just. It was always moderately was competitive. Less so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what about? Is there anything that you've learned that you wish you'd knew bef- known before you started your residency? Um, exactly how tired you would be. Well, I feel like that's the same. I mean, for every I think residency. if you're thinking about doing OBGYN, you have to be realistic about actually how hard of a residency it is, mm-hmm. because I feel like as OB, maybe this is just me, but and I've talked to my fellow residents before OBGYN. I feel like it's you know because I think it's sexism and because it's mostly women, we get like it kind of gets it's not looked down on, but it doesn't get the like full appreciation of how challenging of a career it can be yeah and as long as i mean for me it's my passion i wouldn't want to do any other field of medicine but like it's important to be realistic about like what that means in your life you know yeah she's got a long way to go as she says um and she knows she mm-hmm. understands you have plenty great of time choice. yeah it's a great choice we would love yeah. you to be an OBGYN. but i guess one of the things i, I wanted to say to her you. was you know keep thinking about whether that's where your passion truly lies because yeah if yeah. you because as you implied if it turns out that maybe that wasn't exactly you know where your passion lies, then you might be in trouble um, yeah. once you're actually doing it, if that makes any sense. Yes, I would definitely agree. Like you definitely shouldn't do it if it's not what you're passionate about because I mean, you shouldn't do anything in medicine Mm-mm. if it's not what you're passionate about because otherwise your life just sucks. Yeah, yeah. you have to yeah. really want to do it. You have to be able to, and by passion, I think that the, what do you guys think? The, the yardstick that I hear people throwing around is if you can see yourself literally doing nothing else that is and you said this corbin um that is the like the acid test of of you know desire to do this yeah it's uh i don't know it's hard for me to say like literally doing nothing else because i know a lot of people that like loved everything in medicine so they just like picked one okay which i think that's fine too but it's definitely it is a very hard residency and it's a hard field like it's hard for attendings like you're on call all the time way more than most like jobs so it's definitely something that like you have to like but it's also something i mean every every residency every one of my every field of medicine is has areas that you can you can always find jobs that are what you want them to be it's just like if you're willing to it depends like where you're willing to live what you're willing to do how much you're willing to work so like you can find so you know like i could just graduate and go work at a planned parenthood for the rest of my life and just do family planning um and that would be like a pretty like i wouldn't have to take call i wouldn't have you know but yeah like what i be i don't want to get to do ob either so it's like you can make it what you want it to be. Yeah, that's a good point. You just have to be like willing to do. But again, these are all things. So that's the same. Those are, those are things that you find out before you really begin residency. Um, and during. I mean, it's like something you find out. Like you learn more and more throughout, like as yeah, you yeah. go. Yeah. But um, what else did I say? I don't remember. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other things to my like advice. Because like mine, I definitely agree with like finding a mentor because that's what I did. And I literally just said this is I this is what I want to do 
is this what I should be doing to do that? And then they were like, yes or no, or you need to do this too. Did you? Um, And then I would also say like, just make sure that you are still doing things that you like to do. Like make sure you're not checking the box. Make sure you're just doing things because you like them. Cause it makes you a more interesting person. Like my favorite thing to talk to people about on interviews is like their activity, like their hobbies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that's what makes me want to work with you as a person. Do, do you have, uh, finding a mentor, uh, I mean, it's great advice. It, it, did you have to do anything in particular to find one? I mean, did you, I mean, it, I feel like it's kind of like so a, it's a, good, a really good place to start usually is to email the like med student clerkship director, like the med mm-hmm. the clerk of your school and be like, hey, I'm interested in OBGYN. Do you know of anyone who would be willing to talk to me about this career path? Yeah, great yep. start. And that's all you have to do. Mm. Yep. Perfect. And they, I mean, the people who are your attendings in med school are like, they want you to go into ob because they love it. That's why they teach it. Yeah. And you know that So the yes. thing is, I mean, if you're shy, like, like I, I, I will admit that I would be shy in this situation. Um, but the thing you got to remember about, you know, finding a mentor, people love to talk about what they love, yes. you know? Well, it, and, you know, with, you know, I think it'd be different, too, if you were emailing some random, that you, some person that you chose at random. Yeah. Right. But if you, like, you know, you're reaching out to the clerkship director or you're reaching out to someone who has interesting research that you can see online or whatever, and you have something to bring up with them. First of all, the clerkship director, like, their job is to work with medical students and it's to facilitate yeah. the gap between their specialty and medical students and to teach medical students their specialty. So they should be more than willing to talk mm-hmm. to you. And mm-hmm. and they'll know the people in the department. They'll know, you know, exactly who yeah, right. um, the, the, you know, the, the good mentors are. And, you know, they're not going to tell you, oh, this person's a terrible mentor, don't, but they, they may not steer you in that direction. Um, so yeah, that's a great place to start. Good advice, Corbin. Thanks. Yeah, Corbs. I try. Well, we uh, Just some advice from Corbin. To Corbin. To Corbin. To Corbin. Oh, this, this so symmetry good. there. It's so beautiful. Okay. So beautiful. Do we, uh, do, Corbin, um, let us know, Corbin from, uh, uh, not from the podcast. Listener Corbin is what I'm trying to say. Listener Corbin. Listener Corbin. Uh, keep us posted, all right? Uh, let us know how it's going. Send us your questions. Um, That's like here when I call. I have what I have Andrew, who I call a uh, human babe, and then I have Ari, who I call cat babe. Because <laughs> human babe and call them babe. human babe and, and fur Andrew babe. Gets all upset when I call Ari babe, so I have to call him human babe and cat babe. <laughs> Precious. <laughs> oh. Any fallopian files? I have a fallopian file. Me too. The Umbrella Academy. Oh, you stole mine. I want to watch this. You stole Ah, mine. It's so good. So good. It's so good. I want to watch it. Ellen Page. No spoilers. Ellen Page does a very good job. They all do a great job. Yeah, it's good. It's weird. If you like weird shows, this is it. I I do. Is it scary? It's not scary. Um, Okay, good. There is some. So should we we summarize a little bit? Is that too much? Um, so basically, it's um, this. They call him an eccentric billionaire. He adopts seven children who are like 
born under mysterious circumstances all on the same day. And they have special powers. And he raises them to be this like crime fighting unit. Yeah, but he's kind of an asshole. He's a huge asshole as a father. Yeah, he's a huge asshole. Yeah. Um, and, um, but yeah, it, fo- it, then, it, it sort of follows through flashbacks and, and other things, you know, their upbringing. Yeah. But meanwhile, they're trying to uh, solve a mystery, which is why the world is going to yeah. end in five days. Yeah. And uh, it's based on a comic book, a Dark Horse comic. Um, and uh, it's very, it's, it's, it's got some definite comic book elements to it. Um, it's yeah. got a lot of fun um, action in it and uh, some good some some good characters and stuff like that so definite yeah well, that's a good character definitely go uh go check that out um there i think there's there's one season out right now and i don't know when another season it's probably you know 18 months away or something probably like be that a while. So. Yeah. Cor- mm-hmm. uh, Coraline and i vacuumed it up in like a week so yeah we watched it yep. too. very good highly recommend nice what about you kate um, well mine is the board well it's not really a board game but it's a party game called one night ultimate werewolf oh it's amazing say that say the title again please one night ultimate werewolf it's kind of like if you've ever played the card game mafia Mm -hmm. um but basically what you do is like everybody who's playing gets a card and that's your role for the game and it's the villagers versus the werewolves and if you're a werewolf you want so you all close your eyes and that's like the nighttime and so everyone like one roll at a time you get told to like open your eyes and do something um and then at the very end you everybody opens their eyes and that's like the daytime so you have to like figure it out figure out who is the werewolf and like who's the villagers afterwards but like you know no one trusts each other and it's like all about like deceiving everyone else um and so it's really fun so like if you and then at the end everyone votes for someone to like quote unquote kill um and so if you kill a werewolf then the villagers win but if you kill any villager then the werewolves Mm. win but it's very fun and it's also really funny because uh, when you're playing it at a bar and everyone is closing their eyes around these cards, it looks very strange. <laughs> and your bartender will make fun of you. <laughs> awesome. That sounds great. But it is very yeah. fun. I also found out that taking board games to bars makes you very popular because like five people talked to us yesterday when we were playing a bunch of different <laughs> games. It was great. Very nice. Well, all right. Yes. Anyway. I guess we've reached the end. Yeah. This was a long episode. Yeah, that's like, like uh, 52 minutes. It was a, minutes. by the way, it was a five yawner. <laughs> oh. That's pretty good, I think. <laughs> I think it's good, especially since it's 9 p.m. here. Yeah. Yeah, well done. They were all Corbins, I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can, what's, what's crazy is that I can now tell your yawns. Yeah, it's not surprising yeah. a little bit. <laughs> we yawn a lot. <laughs> it's not my shivering. So cool. All right, we'll oh, go get under right. a warm blanket and get your heater fixed. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.